Good morning, everyone. I, I can tell you before I give the message, my heart is already racing, like normally when I do this. But as that promo runs and that bumper video plays, it gets me pumped up even more. I'm ready to go. So I hope you are too. So this morning, uh, the scripture that we're going to start with is the, the continuing one from our sermon series on uh, the armor of God. So this is from the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll be standing firm, Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. I was so excited when we were sitting talking about the sermon series and Pastor Ricky was helping us to put together who was going to be doing what components and what pieces of armor that we would be telling the story of. And I was, I was thrilled to receive the helmet of salvation. And one of the reasons for that is, is that I can connect with a helmet. Pastor Gill would tell you it's because I have a thick skull, but, but that's not it. It's because of the nature of the helmet and a familiarity that I have with it because of my career and spending time as a firefighter. You see, as a firefighter, the helmet is the first piece of equipment that you learn about. It is the first piece of equipment that you receive, and it's something that you have to understand is going to be probably your most important piece of equipment that you wear. And you learn things like why the brim is in the back and not in the front like a ball cap. You learn how the components inside work to protect your head. You learn how the shield works to protect your eyes. All of those things are essential components about the helmet, and you learn, number one, that you never take it off. Because the helmet does you absolutely no good sitting on the tailboard or up on the rack. It has to be on your head. As Christians, we have to learn the basics too. And so today, as part of my message, I'm hoping that, well, I'll be able to build on some of those basics just like we learn when we put on a helmet for the first time. The other reason that I'm so excited about giving this message this morning is it is a message of good news. It is a message of the good news, and I can tell you I love giving good news messages. So this morning, if you're inspired and I say something and you want to amen or good news me, please do that because this is good news. Thank you. <laughs> now, the helmet's job is to protect your head. And if you think about it, the head is the most important part of the body. It is where your brain is, where you process information. But also, on your head are all these means that we take in information. It's where we, we develop most of our senses. Our eyes give us our sense of sight, and we take in information. Our ears are there so that we can hear. Our nose is there to smell and our mouth is there to taste. 
we still experience touch as well. So, so many of our senses are focused right there where our head is, and our helmet is there to protect us. But you have to put the helmet on for it to work, and you need to know how to use it to keep us safe. Now, when it comes to our spiritual lives, we have a spiritual armor that we need as well, and we need a helmet to protect us from the most essential part of our spiritual body, and that is our soul. Because ultimately, when you think about it, what happens to our soul when we leave this earthly life and where we go into eternity is eternally important. And so we need a piece of armor that is going to protect our soul. And for that, we are given the helmet of salvation. By having the helmet of salvation, our soul is protected through eternity. Now, when we wear a helmet, we wear the helmet because we're going to face danger. And if you think about people who you see wearing helmets, who are they? Beyond the firemen in the world, we also have soldiers, marines, construction workers, athletes, people on motorcycles, places where you find danger, there are helmets. But you know, life is dangerous. There is not a single person among this room or those watching online who have not experienced some form of danger in their lives. Think about these words that you find in the Bible. We hear of illness, affliction, disease, sin, temptation, and ultimately death. Life is dangerous. And because of that, we need a helmet. And none of us are safe. Jesus himself, God who came to earth, was not safe from the dangers of this world. He was tempted by Satan. He faced persecution and mocking and disrespect from the people whom he came to save, and ultimately Jesus died on the cross. If the Son of God, who came to earth, was not safe from the dangers of this world, how could we be? And on top of that, the spiritual battle that exists is real. Satan is going to challenge us in life Satan is going to tell us things that are going to try to separate us from our relationship with God. Jesus called Satan the prince of lies. Right now, there are people who drive down the street who look at our church and think, I can't go in there because I'm not fit to go to church. God wouldn't love me. There are people who feel that their relationship with God can never be repaired because of who they are or the things that they've done. And right now, even you sitting here in the congregation may have thoughts in your head that make you feel as that you are not as connected with God or that God does not love you as much as they do the person sitting next to you. Those are the lies that Satan tries to keep you or get into your head to keep you from God and know that exactly that they are lies. The truth is in the scripture. The truth is here. Let me read to you from the book of John, chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. This is the good news. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, 
so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. The three lies that we're going to defeat this morning is that Satan says that God doesn't love you. Satan says that God won't save you. And Satan will say, even if if God did come to save the world, that when you are judged, it's not going to be a good result for you. Scripture tells us otherwise. The first chance that we have of defeating Satan's ideas are this. The first big point for today is that God loves us and sent his son. This is the most amazing thing in the world. And the best gift that God could give us is that he didn't send just a messenger. He didn't just send some message to us to say, hey, I'm here. He sent us his son. He came in flesh to live with us. That is an, is an unbelievable sign of love. He came to experience life as we do and to walk with us and to model what our lives should look like. What a gift. What a blessing. But if you're sitting there even saying, but you know what, maybe, maybe God didn't really come for me. Maybe he came for other people. Paul tells us in the book of Romans that's not true. He goes even further. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed us his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Amen. Amen. In our brokenness, in our lack of perfectness, God still came for us. Every one of us, not just the worthy, not just those who are good people, for all of us and for the sinners. And at the same time, what a tremendous sign of love that, that not only did he come to be with us, but he sacrificed himself for us to cleanse us of our sin and became the sacrifice. God knew it was the only way to restore our relationship with him. What an act of love. When we recognize that Jesus is the Savior and we put on that helmet of salvation, because that's the moment we defeat Satan. All we have to do is put on the helmet and remember that through that act, God loves us. When we feel that that we can't be saved, we have to know that believing in Jesus is our salvation. We don't earn our salvation. It's not about what we do. It's about what God has done for us. It's not about how good we are or the acts that we do. Jesus came and did that for us. And salvation comes from faith alone. The book of Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 through 9 tells us this. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. 
Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. It's about what Jesus does. Jesus says the helmet of salvation is just like the way the helmet works. When you put the helmet on your head, it's not about how you use the helmet that makes it work. The helmet does the job for us. As a matter of fact, nobody ever said to me in the moments of wearing my helmet, you know what? You do that helmet well. <laughs> when it comes down to it, nobody does helmet like you do. It sounds totally absurd. It's the same thing when it comes to Jesus. It's what Jesus does for us. We accept the gift from him, we put the helmet of salvation on, and Jesus does the rest. It's not about what we do. It's about what he's done. The good news also is, it's a gift for everyone. It is not limited. Anyone can take the offer of that helmet of salvation. Jesus offers it to us without cost. We simply have to take it put it on. Our third focus point for this morning says that believing puts us in a judgment-free zone. So when Satan is telling us, yeah, good, good, Jesus did all those things, but still, when it comes to judgment, you will be judged, and you're going to find that you're not taking the escalator up. You're coming down with me. Sorry, Satan, not today today. This is a, a passage, a part of the passage that I struggle with a little bit because um, in our, our focus point we say that this leads us to a judgment-free zone. But we know at some point in time we're still going to have to answer for our lives. We're still going to come before God and speak to Him about the lives that we lived. But here's the thing. As I looked at the scripture, the word judgment in most of the, the forms of scripture uh, is actually used in the form as condemnation. It's a, it's a, a piece of finality. It's a, it's a final piece to all this. So instead of saying it as a verb, so of saying you won't face judgment, what it's saying is in the end, you won't face condemnation. And one of the great examples of this, one of the great uh, analogies that I ever heard about this is, is that through life, we, let's say we have, have a pile of tests in front of us. I'm a teacher, so, you know, tests that, that goes with my realm. And that as we sit down with God, the tests of our lives are laid out in front of us. And some of them over here are A's and B's. And some of them over here are D's and F's. And we have moments of both. But here's what Jesus does for us. When God picks up that pile of tests that say F on them, Jesus come, comes beside us and says, I got these. And when we have the D's, Jesus says, I've got these too. And when God comes to the pile with the A's and B's, he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. But you know what? I think when God has those A's and B's, I think we need to look at Jesus and say, Jesus, you had them too. That in the moments that we do those things, God is with us. 
And Jesus, he, he paid the price for us on the other side. So when we face judgment, we don't face condemnation because we, we have Jesus there with us. So when Satan is telling you, no, you're not going to live eternal life with God, you say, yeah, because I've got Jesus. I'm wearing the helmet of salvation. But the thing is, we have to wear the helmet. Somebody after the 8 o'clock service said, you know what drives me crazy? It's when people have bicycles and they have a bicycle helmet hanging on their handlebars. <laughs> they have the helmet, but they don't put it on. Jesus offers the helmet of salvation to all of us. Don't hang it on your handlebars. Put it on. The helmet can't put on itself. But as I said earlier, once it's on, it does its thing. We don't have to try and figure out how to use it to protect ourselves. Now, the helmet also tells others to whom we belong. When I used to put my fire helmet on, it has my department and my rank and my name on it. Some more information about me. All sorts of things our helmet says about us. When we wear the helmet, it also tells other people that we're wearing the helmet too. It gets people to ask the question, what's special about them? Why do they feel safe wearing that helmet? And it also means we need to tell people about the helmet. We need to share that message of good news of how this helmet protects us, protects us from the dangers of the world. We're called on to do this. You know, the Romans and the Roman soldiers, when they used to put their helmets on, used to, to wear all of their gear and equipment so they could be intimidating. That when they would gather together and they would put this show of force on, that people would know the power of the Roman army. Look around you. Imagine all of us wearing the helmet so that people would know who we are. Not a power of intimidation, the power of salvation. That we wouldn't cower behind the idea of saying, oh, I don't want to tell somebody I'm a Christian because I might be judged. Those moments will happen. We've got to wear the helmet. And I have to tell you, my helmet gave me a sense of invincibility. When I would put my helmet on, there were things I thought I could do that, that were superhuman. I'm afraid of bats. I am. To me, they're flying mice. My grandfather called me one night and he said, uh, Rob, there's a, there's a bat in the house. Can you come help me get it? Whew, a bat in the house. No, I could not get it. But if I put my helmet on, which I did, <laughs> fully geared up helmet in place, for one night, I was the Batman. When we put the helmet of salvation on, we should feel that we have that same superhuman power. 
to share our faith and to go out and spread the good news that you heard today. Because that's the other important piece, because if we don't share the good news, who will? If you're comfortable with the armor and you can't say why you wear it, who is going to sell that to people? Who's going to tell people this is the reason? Let me close with this. From the book of Romans, chapter 10, verses 9 through 15, Paul tells us this. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. For they have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. Put on the helmet, share the good news. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we have been hearing of the armor that you have provided us to to face the evil that exists in the world and to fight the battle. But Father, ultimately, you provide us with this helmet of salvation that we will find eternal life with you. And Father, with the armor that we have been given, we can defeat the evil one. Father, I thank you so much for every breath that I take and for every person who has heard your word this morning. Lord, empower them to share the good news. Father, we just give you thanks and praise for all that you do. In Jesus' name. Well, I have a couple of next steps for you this week. Our, our first of our next step is to put on that helmet every day and say a prayer of thanks. Remember, the A's and B's, they belong to Jesus just as much as the price that he paid for ones we didn't do so well on. And also, memorize John 3.16 if you haven't already. So many people know this, this verse. But it's so important for us to always remember, put that helmet on every day. God sent his son for us to provide us eternal life. Put on the helmet and believe in him. Well, until our next time together, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and give you peace. And all of God's people say, amen. Please stand as we join together for the last song.